to, uh, <laughs> went to take a drink of water when Robin started sharing her thing and realized there was something in with the water. <laughs> Got to be careful. The ladybugs really like water. So by the grace of God, I didn't spew it all over the folks in the front row and was able to go back and turn off my mic and dump it in the garbage. But it's not the first time that's happened. I tell you, there's a little demon that loves to use ladybugs to mess with God's business. Amen? Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts and minds upon those words be acceptable in your sight, Lord. You're our rock, our crucified, risen, reigning, and coming again redeemer. All God's people said, amen. We're going to finish off the, Paul's letter to the Ephesians today. And it's really been an eye-opener, wonderful encouragement thing for me to keep in mind the whole time who the people, the believers in Ephesus are that Paul is writing this letter to. He spent two, three years with them, built up a, a lively, um, vibrant congregation there. But they were in a city that was sold out to Artemis, an idol that had a massive temple in the center of town. Uh, thousands and thousands of people who didn't know better, but they were pagans, they were worshiping this, this idol god. And uh, Paul nearly lost his life. At one point, he shares in the book of Acts that the people in Ephesus dragged him into the, the, the arena and tried to kill him with animals, you know, turned lions and stuff loose. And by the grace of God, he walked out of there alive. So a really, really difficult place to be a bona fide follower of Jesus. Amen? So we see as Paul writes this letter to the Christians in Ephesus, boy, it feels like he could be writing that letter to us as things get more and more difficult to be a standing on the Word of God believer in Jesus uh, in America today. It's so encouraging, you know, the Scripture is oriented towards what we're going through, whether good times or challenging times. Amen? So on fire. So, um, Paul, last Sunday, we spent time in him saying, finally be strong in the Lord, and then he gave us the, the, the armor of God. He said, you've got to be strong in God. You've got to know in this evil day, he said. And there are, the way he phrased that in the Greek, there are lots of different evil days the people of God have lived through down through the centuries. Say glory. Okay? So the RD might be increasing in evil right now, and I would say it certainly is around us right here. But there's different situations all over the planet. Whenever evil rises up in your life and around you, Paul says, hey, Put on the full armor of God, and when it's all over, you're going to be what? You're going to be standing firm, having and keeping all the things I've given you. You're going to be okay. Not just okay, you're going to win. You're going to stand in victory. You're still going to be standing firm in all that I've given you. Everybody say hallelujah. Okay, so so encouraging last week. Now, as we finished off the sermon, I didn't make a point of it because I wanted to kind of keep it for today. Because we left it really in mid-sentence. We got the, the pieces of the armor completed the way uh, Paul shared them. But I didn't make a point of it. I'm going to do that this morning. There are six pieces in the full armor of God. Everybody say, how many, how many pieces? Six. Does that surprise you? What, what number would we really expect there to be in the full armor of God? We'd expect a seven, wouldn't we? Because um, ever since God created the heavens and the earth in six days and rested on the seventh, seven has always been God's number that represents completion, 
fulfillment, wrapped up, solid, everything is done. And so even today, how many days in the week do we have? We have seven days in the week. That's, that comes from Genesis 1 and 2 people. That's one thing you can witness to people. Say, well, well, is there a God? And say, I don't know how many days in the week. Seven, where did that come from? Well, how come the whole world, all the world around, even um, peoples in uh, that we would call third world, living up in mountains, how many days in the week do they have? They have seven days in the week. They might call them different names, but they've got seven. That comes from God's creation. So seven is God's number of got it, finished it, completed, and done. In Revelation, uh, I just ran through it quick because we know that number seven is all over the place in Revelation, right? We just finished it this morning, by the way, in Bible study this morning. Uh, we've got some more reviews to come, so if you want to think about Revelation, join us and, uh, and learn some things in the review the next couple Sundays. But in Revelation, there are seven churches, seven golden lampstands, seven stars, seven seals, seven horns, seven eyes, seven trumpets, seven thunders, seven, the great dragon has seven heads and seven crowns. There are seven plagues and seven golden wolves at the end. Say, lots of sevens. Because that's the book that ends it all. God's plan to end it all. So what is God telling us with all those sevens in Revelation? He's saying, I'm going to button it up tight. I'm not going to leave anything undone. It's going to be perfectly finished, perfectly completed. It's going to be zipped up tight. Everything sevens. So how come only six pieces of armor? That just really feels like something is missing. Something's left out. God, what's the seventh piece? Here it is, Ephesians chapter 6. Let's pick it up at verse 13 with the six pieces of armor and kind of roll into it, okay? Verse 13. Paul writes, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to, say it with me, stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, number one, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, number two, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness by the gospel of peace, number three, in all circumstances, whenever the evil day rises up, whenever spiritual warfare takes you on and faces you directly and you recognize it, in every one of those warfare circumstances, do what? Take up the shield of faith. That's number four. With which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Verse 17. Then take the helmet of salvation, that's the fifth one, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. That's the sixth one. Six pieces of armor. We say six, they're wonderful pieces. The last two are pieces that are actually given to the soldier. The first four pieces the soldier puts on themselves from, the, from like a table in front of them. The fifth piece, the helmet is handed to them and, and is placed on their heads. The sixth piece, the sword is handed to them and they take it up. It's the word of God, the sword of spirit, the word of God. So we have six pieces of the armor. Paul's done with the armor or is he done? Verse 18, praying. Say that with me. Praying. Now he doesn't give it uh, an armor designation. But this is the seventh piece to the puzzle. No spiritual warfare warrior is able and ready to go into the war and to stand firm and to come out victorious without the prayer component with which to use all the pieces of the armor properly and empowered by the Holy Spirit to get the job done. 
we've got our seventh piece. Again, it's not a piece of the armor, we have our seventh component, the, the, the one we need to use all the pieces of the armor to stand firm. Praying at all times in the Spirit. Now that on all times, if we flesh that out in detail and translation work, uh, we could also say praying on every occasion in the Spirit. What he's saying, what Paul is saying is, every time you realize you're in a warfare, spiritual warfare situation, on every one of those occasions, be sure what? Be sure you got your armor on. And if you got up in the morning and you were kind of, you know, goofing around with your day, like maybe on a Saturday morning happens sometimes, and you go, whoops, I've got, I've got a warfare situation coming. What do you do? Make sure you got your armor on. And then what do you do? You start praying. You start praying. Praying in what way? Praying in the Spirit. What does he mean by that? He means praying in the presence of God. Praying in the power of the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. Acknowledging who, who gave me all these pieces of armor. God Almighty, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Who gave me these pieces? How do I use them? I need help maybe understanding the strategy of the enemy. I need help understanding which piece of armor to rely on and use in the moment. Who's going to guide and direct me in that? Who's going to take me into the battle and show me how to come out victorious? The Holy Spirit is. So when I'm facing warfare, I need to be sure that I've got the armor on, but that I'm using it by the help and the power and the presence of whom? The Spirit of God. Now, aren't you glad that Christ is risen? He's risen yeah, He's alive. Not just alive, He's victoriously alive. And He's with us in the power and presence of His victorious Holy Spirit. And so when warfare faces me, and I realize that I'm, I'm stepping into spiritual warfare, the enemy is after me right now, he's here trying to steal something from my life. He's here trying to kill something in my life or kill me. Steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to destroy something in my life. Is, is the devil really having a lot of victories at destroying families? Okay, testimony this morning. He's destroying families right and left. He's working really hard on destroying marriages. You're aware of that. Right? You've entered into it, but you're aware of that. You've had the training. We all know that. We need to be working every day and often on our marriages. Amen? Because he's working to destroy marriages and mess up kids and cause harm to grandkids, the whole thing. So when we realize we're coming into those kinds of um, warfare, those things are coming our way, we put on the armor, and we pray on those occasions in the Spirit. We say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, help. Holy Spirit, show me what, what scriptures I need. So I speak to my heart. I'm struggling with this. The Holy Spirit is right there, and he will help. So praying at all times, on every occasion, in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. I want to do something else here with in the Spirit. Um, let's go to Jude. And do I need to say chapter with Jude, the book of Jude? I've never preached the book of Jude. I should do that sometime. It's, it, it, it doesn't have a chapter number because it's a really short 25-verse little letter. It'd be kind of like a Hallmark card, okay? So Jude wrote on a Hallmark card, and he sent it to some folks, and we have it this way. So it's just verses 20 and 21. You don't need chapter number. And Jude is uh, one of the half-brothers of Jesus, became a leader in the church, 
So during Jesus' ministry, did his brothers and sisters get on board and believe in him as Messiah and say, no, they didn't? After his resurrection, did some of them? Maybe all of them. We don't know about all, but some did. James was a half-brother, leader in the church. We have one of his books in the Bible. Jude is another one. So verse 20, Jude writes, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, and say it with me, praying in the Holy Spirit. Jude knew how to do warfare, didn't he? He learned how. Got to be praying what? In the presence of the Holy Spirit. In the power of the Holy Spirit. In the right now present aliveness of my risen Savior, Jesus, I'm going to go into spiritual warfare praying in the Holy Spirit. In verse 21 he says, Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Hallelujah. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Go back to um, Romans. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Here Paul writes in another letter, this to the Christians in Rome. Chapter 8, verse 26, Paul writes here, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Everybody say, hallelujah. Anybody got any weakness you need a little help with today? A little weakness you need help with every day? Maybe it's a different weakness from day to day. Very possible. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. You ever been there where you're like, I don't even know how to pray about this situation. I don't even know what to ask for. Ever been there? Here's a cool thing. The Holy Spirit knows how to pray. So what so, sometimes I do this. When I have a situation before me and I don't even know exactly how to approach it in prayer. You know what I do? I say, Holy Spirit... You're praying in the situation. You're interceding here. I bless and thank you for that. Would you pray on my behalf? Would you pray on their behalf? Because I don't know what to ask for. Would you teach me how to pray? And so often the Holy Spirit will go, Psst, and he'll, he'll, he'll bring a verse to mind. And I'll go to that verse, and then I'll know better how to pray. But you know what? He's doing it all the time for us. The Holy Spirit is. The Bible says Jesus is interceding for us, to, for us too. Did you know that? We have two interceding for us to the Father all the time in the heavenly realms. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are praying for you right now. Just say out loud, that's really good to know. Uh, don't let the devil make you feel alone and isolated and like nobody knows or cares about your situation. That's a lie. No matter how alone or isolated you might ever feel, Jesus is interceding for you. He's praying for you in that moment to the Father. The Holy Spirit is doing the same for you in that moment to the Father. Never alone. Never without someone bringing your need before God Almighty. How wonderful is that? And we get to participate in that. So Paul says, 26, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Wow. The Holy Spirit? What does it mean the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings? What does that mean? That means God cares about you so much, he loves you so much, that even God is, is with you in this situation. He's groaning himself in prayer, intercession to the Father on your behalf. Groaning with you. 
You ever feel like in your grief and your pain and your, in your lostness and your confusion, feel like you're cut off and alone? The Holy Spirit is groaning with you in that moment, bringing your need to the Father. Is the Father going to ignore that? Is he going to turn his back on it? How can he? The Holy Spirit is part of who God is. Three persons distinct, yes, but one God. This is so encouraging to me. Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Verse 27, And he who searches hearts, that's God the Father, he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. So God even knows uh, the mind of his own Spirit, which makes sense, right? Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to what? According to what we really personally want and desire. No, according to the will of God. Because what's the best thing for me? What I think I need? When I think I need it? The best thing for me is the will of God. So here's what's great about Jesus' intercession and the Holy Spirit's intercession. They're praying into the will of God. And you know what? Just being honest, sometimes their intercession is the opposite of what I'm praying for. That's kind of humbling, isn't it? Sometimes my flesh gets in there. Sometimes my personal desire for myself gets in there. Sometimes I'm praying selfishly for myself. Not seeing the big picture. Not understanding what God is doing in it. Sometimes I need somebody with perfect insight praying for me into the perfect will of God even if it's the opposite of what I'm asking for. I could do the mic drop, but I already dropped it once a day. Right? And you might need to personally, I need to do this right now, personally just say, Holy Spirit, thank you for praying for me into God's perfect will. And it might be a good thing to ask him, would you keep on doing that? I mean, he does, and he will, and he's committed to it, but just say, please keep on doing that. So back in Ephesians chapter 6, when Paul gives us all the pieces to the armor, all six pieces, and then he says, here's how you put the six pieces to use. Here's how you stand firm and, and win in the end. You take all these pieces and then you start praying. And you pray on every occasion in the Spirit. And that's what he's talking about. Jude, Romans, other things. You pray on every occasion in the Spirit. And he says, with all prayer and supplication. You go, what is that? Okay, good question. Prayer is the general prayer. Oh God, I need help. That's prayer. Oh God, I see warfare happening. Attack is here. Steal, kill, and destroy. I can see his scheme. I'm starting to understand it. Oh God, help. That's prayer. Supplication is detailed. Asking specifically. So supplication is... Oh God, I see so-and-so that I love and care about and I see the enemy doing this in their lives. God, I'm asking for this specific help. That's supplication. Okay, So don't just do the, the general thing. Oh God, I need help. That's a good place to start. What does God want to hear then? He wants to hear supplication. He wants to hear detail. He wants you to pour out your heart to him for yourself, for someone else that's in battle and warfare. Amen? Are we, are we in this all by ourselves? 
Are we, are we just spies going behind enemy lines and we're always all alone? We're in this warfare together. Sometimes we see warfare come against the congregation. Sometimes we see it come against our family. Sometimes we see it come against other individuals. What are we doing? We're praying for them in the warfare and we're giving supplication for them specifically. Oh God, give them victory. Give them peace about their situation. Give them uh, endurance. Give them faith. Give them warrior spirit. You ever pray that for somebody? Yeah, when you see them flagging, when you see them kind of wilting under the pressure of the battle, what do you pray for them? One thing is, God Almighty, rise up in them in your Holy Spirit and rise up in your warrior spirit in them to give them, to turn them back into the battle, right? You ever see, I mean, you ever feel like you're, you're starting to like, oh man, withering fire, they call it, right? When the arrows just keep coming and they keep coming, they don't slow down and you start feeling like you're losing ground. What do you pray for that person? God, rise up in them warrior spirit to do what to come back to the place all the things you've given them to stand firm in your ground we never need to give ground to the enemy it's ours who gave it to us god almighty gave it to us stand firm when you see somebody else wavering what do you pray for them endurance courage faith warrior spirit to rise up to i stand firm I might need somebody to come alongside me. Amen? I might need somebody to say, I've recognized your situation. I'm praying for you. Can I, can I pray with you right now on the phone? Can I come to your place and sit down and pray with you? We're the body of Christ together. We don't let soldiers stand alone in the battle. Please? Amen? So it says, praying on every occasion at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Tell God exactly what you, what you need, what you want, what you're desiring. Lift it up. To that end, Paul says, keep alert with all perseverance. Uh, we just have to admit, why is he telling us this? Because we tend to do what? We tend to fall asleep at the wheel. We tend to get full of busy life and we tend to not recognize all of the schemes and the strategies. We tend to fall into situations where warfare is happening to us and we don't recognize it right away. So, so Paul's just giving us a loving reminder saying, hey, you know what? Heads up. Stay alert. Share with others. And others sometimes will say, uh, do you realize, right, that this is an attack, that this is warfare, that we need to be standing with the armor and praying in the Spirit? Sometimes we need that heads up for each other. Amen. So he says, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Don't get stuck where all you're doing is praying for yourself. We're in this battle together. Say that with me. We're in this battle together. We need to be praying for each other. Supplication for each other. So he says, make supplication for all the saints. And then Paul says, and also pray for me. Isn't that kind of, I don't know, it's a little surprising to me. We see Paul as what? This awesome, spirit-filled warrior. Shoot, they tried to kill him so many times he lost count. He gives a list of how they tried to kill him and he runs out of, he, he forgets how many different ways they tried to kill him. Paul says, you know what? I need, I need prayer. I need you to pray for me. 
So please don't think twice or hesitate to ask somebody to pray for you. Okay? You don't know this because it happens behind the scenes a lot, but I text the elders every now and then. I say, uh, I need prayer. Please pray for me. Humble yourself. Admit that you need help. Admit that you need somebody to stand alongside you in the battle. We are not meant to do it alone. God has given us brothers and sisters in Christ for lots of really great reasons, and one is so we can do battle together. So Paul says, pray for me. What's, what's he specifically asked for here? He says, supplications, right? Be specific. He says, pray also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Seriously, Paul wants more boldness. Everybody say glory. Is this something we can pray for each other in the congregation at Dell? Come on. Can we? Should we? Do we need to do it more? Open our mouths and be bold to proclaim Jesus, to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Verse 20, Paul says, this, this gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. I know it says in chains, plural, in our Bibles, but it's, it's a singular, for which I am an ambassador in chain. It means I'm chained to the soldier next to me. He's under house arrest in Rome. He had to stay in this one room. He was chained to a soldier. Whenever their shift was done, he would unchain. The next guy would chain himself so that Paul couldn't run away and leave Rome before he saw, stood before Caesar. So he says, I'm, I'm chained in Rome, but I, here's what I want you to pray for me, that I'll have boldness to do what? Proclaim the gospel. Who's he got it to proclaim to? Roman soldier chained next to him. You know what Paul testifies later? Tons of soldiers got saved. Tons of Roman soldiers got saved during Paul's time in Rome, under house arrest. Uh, royals, royals from the Roman palace got saved, came down and sat down and visited with him. And he asked for more boldness. He says, I, I'm chained to a Roman soldier right now, but pray for me that I'll have boldness to open my mouth and tell him about Jesus. Say, Hallelujah. that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. When we speak of Jesus, there ought to be boldness with it. Any reason to be ashamed of him? I'm more and more proud of the gospel and the truth of God's word all the time. Even though people nowadays are saying that if you, if you say a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl, that that's hate speech. And I go, no, it's not. I'm loving you by sharing the truth with you. Because if I pat you on the back and where you're at right now, you're only going to go into deeper and deeper pain. I love you, that's the truth. And I need to love you by sharing the truth with you. The truth has a name, his name is Jesus. And he made male and female and that's the truth. And so if you're confused about that, that's a difficult problem and there's going to be more pain in your life if you don't come to the truth and come back to that. Okay, just one example of right now in our culture. And they're going to stand right there and say, that's hate, you hate me, you're hate speech. And say, no. Speaking the truth in love, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. 
So Paul's going to finish this letter. And uh, I want to finish it too, because we've done the whole thing since the first verse. So verse 21, he says, to the, right, these wonderful Christians in Ephesus who are going through really challenging times. He says, so that you also may know how I am and what I'm doing. Do the people care about Paul? Yeah, he brought the gospel to them. He laid down his life for them for three years. They care that he's in chains in Rome. He says, so that you also may know how I am and what I'm doing. He can't shoot him a text or send him a Facebook messenger, amen? How is he going to communicate to them? He's going to send this letter written in his own hand, and he's going to send it with a trusted messenger whose name is Tychicus. Everybody say, I'm naming my next son Tychicus. Come on, let me hear it. I like it. Tychicus pops up all over the place. You know, I was like, well, what, what more do we know about Tychicus? He's mentioned four or five other times in the New Testament. I was blown away. I was like, really? Seriously? Paul loved this guy. This guy was solid. He was faithful. And he always accomplished the task that Paul gave to him. We need people like that. Amen? He says, so that you also may know how I'm doing and what I'm doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. He sends the letter with Tychicus to hand deliver it would have taken him weeks to get there to deliver this letter. Does that make this letter feel more precious to you and me that we get to read it today? Wow. He didn't just put a stamp on it and toss it in the mailbox. He sent it with a human being who had to go sailing and, and walking and for weeks to get there with this letter. Verse 22, I've sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Paul says, I'm doing all right in the power of the Holy Spirit. Christ is risen. risen and I'm walking in that resurrection power and I'm ministering in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and I'm even witnessing to the soldiers who were chained to me. I'm doing all right. And the people in Ephesus would do what? They'd be like, man, that Paul. Something else, right? But each one of you, you and I can be that too. that he may encourage your hearts. Verse 23, here's how he finishes it with a blessing. He says, peace be to the brothers and sisters. That brothers is inclusive. Brethren is the word in the Greek. Peace be to the brothers. Anybody need peace here this morning? I needed it. Halfway through Bible study, I was like, man, I got an edge. I don't, I don't have your peace, God. I, I got my flesh getting in here and this is wrong. He says, peace be to the brothers and sisters and love with what? With faith. Because what's faith do? It extinguishes all the flaming arrows of the devil. Peace be to you and love with faith. Ultimately, all that's from where? From Paul? No, he says, from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Now, I'll be honest, when I saw that last phrase, I was like, I mean, the enemy's right there, the accuser's right there. What's my first thought? My love's not incorruptible for Jesus. My love's not perfect. My love doesn't stand out. You know what? Put it aside. You love the Lord. It ain't perfect. Let, him, let his grace cover that, forgive it, Wash away the part where it falls short. Let him receive your love and rejoice in you and build you back up again today. God, may our love for you be incorruptible. By your grace, 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. So back to verse 13. This is where we started. Take up the whole armor of God. How many pieces? Six pieces. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to say with me, stand firm. How do we use those six pieces? What's it all about? Verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. You and I got the armor by the provision of the Lord Jesus Christ. Use it. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the power of resurrection victory. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Pray like it. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's stand together, shall we? We're going to sing uh, number 443. I need the every hour. God has given a blessing for his people. He first gave it to Aaron, the high priest, to speak over Israel. It's for you today. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and keep you in his perfect peace as you pray in the Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen.